This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but the common theme is always the same helping you build the ultimate dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, each week, year-round, for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Two and a half years ago, 2019, I'm riding in the truck, heading into work, and I'm listening to a podcast, which will remain nameless, and they were talking about the rookies in the 2019 class. We're talking about Kyler Murray and Miles Sanders, David Montgomery. Talking about these prospects, talking about these players. And I'm sitting back listening to it and I'm thinking, man, I can do this. I can do this and I can do it better. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought it was easy. So I had an idea. I'm going to start my own solo podcast. I'm going to do it my way. And that's how Destination Debbie was born. And two and a half years ago, I never thought in a million years I'd be doing this right now, two and a half years later. Never in a million years. My goal was just do five episodes. I was like, I'm going to give it five, see if somebody downloads it, see what people think. And to my surprise, people rocked with me. People enjoyed it. People liked it. That's what the fantasy football community is, man. It's a, it's a crazy place on Twitter and Reddit, Facebook, wherever you consume your fantasy content. There are a lot of strong opinions in the fantasy football space, but the dope thing is the community is tight-knit. And if you build bridges inside that community, if you work hard at it, if this is what you want to do, even if you don't want to be a creator, if you just want to be a part of the community, engage with people, you know, get responses from some of your favorite analysts, you know, this community, it, you can achieve that. There are different outlets and methods in which you can achieve that goal. You know, I want to do, I, I remember the day I said, one day I'm going to be on a podcast with Matt Kelly, the podfather. One day, one day Ryan McDowell's going to tweet me back at DLF. One day Evan Silva's going to know who I am. And because of the fantasy football community and because of bridges that were built, I've worked alongside Matt Kelly I've podcasted with Ryan McDowell. I've, I've been on shows with Evan Silva. That's what community does. And that's what I wanted to build. I wanted to build a community. It's not just about Ray G being some analyst. I, don't, I still don't consider myself a damn analyst. It wasn't about me. I wanted to build a community. And Destination Devi is the foundation of that community. You might see me on Wake Up with Ray G. See me on this show, that show, but this podcast, which is now Destination Debbie Radio, this is what it's about. And that community has led us here today for this new show, the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. And I am so excited about this one because these two individuals that you're going to hear from today, Adam and Mike, they met through the Destination Debbie community, through the Patreon. They paid for the highest subscription package that I had, the highest one, $30 a month. And I don't care who you are or how much money you make, $30 a month is not cheap. And those two individuals signed up. 
They joined, they paid, and they met inside that community. And these two individuals now, from a crazy love and passion of the game of fantasy football, have a relationship for life. But their podcast ain't about their relationship. It's not about their life. These two individuals are sharp, up-and-coming dynasty minds. Now, the cool thing about dynasty is there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, a, a lot of people want to tell you it's film versus analytics. It's zero RB versus robust RB. There's no right or wrong way to do it. But the only way to stay ahead of the curve, the only way to get better and grow is open your mind and expose yourself to new ways of thinking. You know, we got you covered on this on the station. I'm doing prospects. Ben EB with Elite Seekers are doing prospects. Eugene and Ike, they're talking redraft and going through making sure you're up to date week to week. But what Adam and Mike are going to do is they're going to challenge. They're going to challenge the way that I think. They're going to challenge the way that others think. And they're going to do it their way. And that is dope. That is growth. That is how you take in all the information possible to paint the most complete picture you can in order to do what? What do I tell you all the time? Position your dynasty team for short and long-term success. In this podcast that you're about to listen to, episode one today, these two are up-and-coming dynasty minds, and I can't wait for you to check out their show. And I'm so glad that this show formed organically through the Destination Debbie community. I'm telling y'all, if you're listening to this, it's the place to be. It's the place to be. Patreon.com forward slash prospect talk. Come tap in. Come tap in for a month. If you don't like it, no harm, no foul. But when you're finding people who can come together, judgment-free, build a relationship, work their ass off, and now they've got an opportunity not only to produce a podcast on this channel, but they're getting paid out the gate. Shit, I ain't get paid for a podcast for two years. But because of the people who support and rock with Destination Devi and the support that you give, I'm able and I'm in a position that their work and their effort can be compensated, and I love that. So thank you, everybody out there listening who I may not know your name, but you support the show, you download, you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you are a part of the Patreon community. I thank you because without y'all, I wouldn't be able to find these two talented individuals and we wouldn't have this dope-ass show. So sit back, relax, enjoy the first episode of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast and follow these two on Twitter at Iowa Michael, I-O-W-A-M-I-C-H-A-E-L and at ATM underscore 1523. Let's get it. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World, the McNutted Michael Crystal, the ATM Adam McFerrin, the 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. (laughs) 
Oh, baby, that intro gets me every time. Oh, I love that. Old school wrestling fans, you know exactly where that came from. What's going on, everybody? We'd like to welcome you into the inaugural episode of the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Riding with me is my main man, my main squeeze, my best buddy, Adam. Say hi to the fine folks, Adam. 4D Chess Podcast, what's going on, everybody? Uh, really happy to be here. Happy to be a part of the Destination Debbie team. And uh, we're ready to bring this shit to you. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I am. My, my, my chest is pumping. This is awesome to be on here, to be doing this. Big shout out to our man, Ray, approaching us, asking us to do this. Uh, this, is, this is a gift. I, I, I couldn't believe from where we started that we would be doing this right now. So just a little background for you guys out there, first-time listeners tuning in. Adam and I actually only know each other because of Ray's Discord. So I joined up uh, the Heisman tier February of 2021. Yes, that's right. So February of 2021, I joined up, started talking with the guys. Uh, Adam and I just kind of hit it off. We, we started DMing back and forth. Figured out that we uh, approach Dynasty the same way. We have a lot of uh, similar thought process to how we do things. And the relationship just grew from there. So uh, about in August, we started our own podcast. We got tired of uh, DMing back and forth all the time. And we figured, hey, if we're going to talk about Dynasty all the time and uh, make our wives think we have girlfriends, why don't we uh, just make a podcast out of it? So that's what we did. So. We fired up. We started a podcast. We started our own Patreon. If if you guys want anything more from us, want to check us out, uh, we, we appreciate you. You can check us out. Patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. S-O-U-T-H-H-A-R-M-O-N. So we're doing big things over there. We actually got a Discord up and going now. So we got a growing community and uh, we put out a weekly episode. We love it. I know Adam... The the story of us coming together has been a crazy a crazy ride, hasn't it? To to making our debut on Destination Devi doing a podcast, this is amazing. Yeah, it's pre- it's pretty cool. Um, uh, definitely since joining this in uh, about a year ago today, actually, um, you know, it, it's been a really fun ride getting to meet Ray, getting to meet all the guys at Destination Devi. I want to thank Ray and Jay Rich, Brandon, Jordan Backus, all the guys at Destination Devi been really really fun getting to know you getting to play leagues with you um the banter we have back and forth you, you'll see here that we kind of disagree with some things as on ray and some of the guys in destination debbie we do things a little different at times but uh we, we really enjoy getting on here and just talking some of our mindset some of our strategy and you know how, how we approach with dynasty yeah this is uh this is just amazing i, I can't stress it enough how thankful I am to Ray for this opportunity, listening to our stuff, believing in us, liking what we're putting down, and, and being able to present it to you guys who are tuning in right now and listening. So Ray's doing big things. Destination Devi, check out his Patreon. If you're not already subscribed, you're doing yourself a disservice. So patreon.com forward slash prospect talk. Get in the Discord. Come, come hang out with us. Come talk with us. Come check out these live streams that he's doing and these prospect 
breakdowns that he's doing only for Patreon. So this is some valuable stuff if you're playing Dynasty. So we'll get into it here. This is the 4D Chess Dynasty podcast. And why did we decide to call it 4D Chess? Well, there's that old saying, when your enemies play in checkers, play chess. And here with Adam and I, we wanted to say, when your enemies play in chess, why don't you play 4D chess? So yes, sir. It's, it's kind of a, a catchy thing that we like to say, especially when you make real big brain moves. Man, that, that dude was thinking 4D <laughs> right there. So <laughs> 4D, 4D chess. It does tie into things. So we do have the uh, quote-unquote 4Ds of Dynasty, which ties in great with the double Ds of Destination Debbie. So <laughs> that's just the way we roll here. We like to be a little bit uh, humorous on it. and uh, The 4Ds of Dynasty. So the first off, drafting. We want to we make sure that you guys are giving yourself the edge in your drafts. So whether that's a startup draft or a rookie draft, make sure that you have a leg up on your competition, that you understand how to pivot, how to select the correct value plays, how to make trades within the draft just to maximize your future success. And one of the things about drafting that I want to stress to everybody is, is tune into Ray. Tune into Ray and what he's doing with these prospect breakdowns. This man knows what he's talking about. And you can get a massive edge just by tuning in to his his prospect breakdown. So he's in full swing right now, going towards it every single week for the uh, the Patreons. He's doing them on Wednesday nights. He's uh, breaking down some of these guys that he's not going to talk about, you know, on on his YouTube channel. This is a Patreon only thing. So these are the kind of guys in the the second round, the third round, the fourth round that you can select the Elijah Mitchells of the world that you're already going to know all about. So tune in. I mean, get with this, get with it, get with it. I know you love tuning into those prospect breakdowns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ray's film breakdowns are um, top notch. The combination, I think of, of all the stuff they have going on at destination Debbie with Ray's film breakdowns, um, the analytic side with Jordan Backass, And then, we're kind of here trying to bring to you our perspective on dynasty strategy with these four D's. So like Mike said there, the first D is drafting, um, trying to get ahead of your league mates as far as both the startup draft and the rookie draft, depending on what part of the season you're in, um, where you're at with your dynasty league, um, figuring out what prospects are best in rookie drafts, where to take certain guys in startups, things of that nature. The second D for us in the four D chess is dealing. And this is essentially trading. This is where we think Mike and Mike and I bring a little different flair to the table. Um, essentially, where player values are, where pick values are, how to utilize that, how to figure out what your league mates are doing, and how to get the best value on your end. Oh, it's huge. I mean, make it good trades. You, you don't have to win every single trade, but if you win 60, 70% of the trades that you make, you're going to be money ahead and far advanced of of all the other people playing in your league. I mean, we've all been in leagues where people make some trades and you you just what what the hell were they thinking? What what <laughs> what are you doing? This makes no sense. I mean, I I I love the guys at Destination Devi, but sometimes they make some trades and and Adam and I will will giggle and laugh about what the hell they were thinking. That that's horrible. That's the worst trade I've ever seen. Yep. 
yeah, f- figuring out what what your league mates value, the the dynamics of that. Also figuring out, you know, what what players are likely to um, increase in value. What younger players we think are gonna um, give us spikes in value, and you're gonna be able to ride that out. What players are getting older, and, and it's time to move off of um, before they cliff. Try to get the value out before they start going down. Um, trying to get ahead of your league mates in, in all that way, as far as dealing goes. The third D that we wanted to talk about, the third D of 4D chess, is direction. Pick a direction. It is one of the most overlooked aspects of playing Dynasty, in my opinion. We just talked about trades that make no sense for the way a person's building a team. And it's really a lot of it. I think they don't have a direction that they're going. So know which way that you want to run your squad. Are you a team that needs to rebuild? And this is one of those things where you have to be brutally honest with you, with with yourself. When you evaluate your, your team, there should be no bias creeps in where you, you think that you're the champion. When, when obviously, if anybody else were to look at it, would go like, this team doesn't have a shot in hell. So do you need to rebuild? Or are you in a good position where you have so much value on your team that you need to start pushing those chips in, push those draft picks in, push those younger players into the middle, get some vets, maybe some vets that are old and crusty that are overlooked but are going to produce this this year, and go in all gas style and try to get that money. Because that's really the main reason that most of us play Dynasty. It's for money. I do it because it's fun. But what's really fun is getting a $1,300 payday out of your league at the end of the year. That's fun. I know, I know you share this same sentiment, Adam, that, that playing Dynasty is fun. But winning money and being able to brag to all your league mates about how you took their cash this year is probably hands down the best part. Yeah, the, bra- the bragging rights on top of getting a nice little chunk of change, that those are absolutely uh, the, the best part. The dynasty side for me is fun regardless, but you win, you win the title, you have the bragging rights, you get all that money. That, that's at the end of the day what you're looking for. Um, so obviously when you start up, you're going to be drafting. Then you're going to want to be uh, dealing like we discussed, making trades. We say this all the time. You should be drafting for value and trading for lineups or trading for starters. What we mean by that is like you're going to draft the best player regardless of position. Do not draft to try to fill out your roster. Then you're going to deal, make deals afterwards to try to fill out your roster with the best value that you've drafted with. Direction, I think what Mike's hitting on is, is extremely important. This is, for some people, a little bit of a, a lost art and dynasty as far as like not understanding where they are or not being brutally honest with themselves. If your team is not a true contender, a top two, a top three team in your league, there's really no reason to push for the title right now i mean you, you can do it maybe maybe you win maybe you get lucky in the playoffs can absolutely happen but if, if you do that you could very well get stuck in the middle that's not something that mike and i really want to do so we're going to be really honest with you about what we think we should you should be doing what your team's like and if you're not one of the top two or three teams in your league the direction you want to go is is down and you want to Send away older players that are going to accumulate points, get those points off your rosters, improve your draft position, get really young, and become a team that's just a juggernaut in two to three years. Yeah, that's a huge thing for me. I I despise personally having teams where I've 
I, I'm stuck in that, that middle ground with like an old roster, which really isn't good enough to win. And you don't have any real draft picks or any real young players. I guess the grossest place to be in dynasty. I think that's why we say all the time, if, if you come over to our Patreon, you sign up, you're going to hear it all the time. And, and you're going to hear it quite a bit on this show going forward too, that if you're not going to be first, then be last. Yep. If, if you're not going to be Channel first, Channel that Ricky be last. Bobby, man. If you're not first, be last. Hell yeah, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you know, you know that old saying, if you don't shoot big red. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. The last D that we wanted to talk about is diligence. And I know some of you out there, that may be too big of a word for you. It's probably too big of a word for me, just being honest. I live in the Midwest and I'm a farm kid, so. <laughs> diligence is a massive word for me but study the film study the analytical data i mean we've talked about it jordan backus what he's doing at destination debbie with this analytical stuff i i don't want to discredit it all because i still don't understand it I, I i i'm starting to get better and i see why it's so valuable and it's something that i keep wanting to learn more and more of and that's what i mean like Ask questions to these guys who are really good at analytics. JB is phenomenal at it. So let's study his data. Data. Let him tell you what the data shows, whether this guy is going to be a hit or not. So figure out your league mates as well. Like what guys you know you can get one over on? Who are the fish in your league? Who are the ones that are going to take that, that crap offer that nobody else would? Who are the guys who... Maybe value rookies too much and will give you too much for a rookie pick. Um, and then the biggest thing is subscribe and listen to the right people. You know, I'm not going to say we're the right people. We probably are <laughs> in my mind. I think we're highly successful and I like what we do. But subscribe and listen to Ray. You know, check out JB and his analytics. This this Destination Devi umbrella of podcast has so many good pieces of information that just by listening, you'll absorb through osmosis. I know Jeans uh, and Ike over there doing their off the line podcast are doing some really great stuff. If you're if you're into redraft, man, these guys are, are killing it. <laughs> they are killing it. But we play in some leagues with Gene and uh, I like what he's what he's throwing down. Like to go out there and to do a podcast, I like listening to them. So that's one to check out. If you come to the Destination Devi family, if you're listening to these podcasts, if you're subbed to the Patreon, you're getting in the Discord, you're going to get better at Dynasty. You're going to get the film breakdowns. You get the podcast. You get the live streams. You get just the chat rooms, like going into some of these different tiers of Destination Devi, talking trades, talking player values. It's amazing. So for your diligence needs, Destination Devi is the place to be. And I know that's a shit ton of D's, but we're all about the D's here. All about it. Putting in the man hours, you know? Uh, yeah. So th there's a lot of things in the diligence side, you know, finding out stuff about your league mates, finding out about players, prospects, um, what you should be doing with them. You know, the, the analytics side, like uh, Mike talked about with Jordan Backus, the, the analytics on a lot of the young players is a big piece, but it's not the only piece. Obviously, film, um, draft capital, things like that are things to consider with some of these rookies. And the Destination Devi team has a lot of that going on. 
and I, and we'll keep it honest too. There's there's other platforms, other other spaces that have really good content too. And I think this is a line that Ray uses that I foolhardily believe. Be mindful of the content you consume, and that's really true. You you need to keep in mind what the source is. Um, utilize all of them to the best of your ability. And if you're doing all these things that we're going to try to you know teach to you, um, that we that we think makes us decent dynasty gamers. I think you're going to end up being pleasantly surprised with what you do with some of your rosters, where your mindset goes as far as dynasty long-term playing and the outcomes ultimately, like Mike said, at the end of the day in your league and in your pockets. I don't want to go around and just shit on everybody, but we could obviously recognize that we're also in a, in an age in a space where I think there's people, especially in the Twitter world who put out takes that they can't believe themselves. Like, there is no way that they believe the crap coming out of their mouth. But they're doing it for engagement, to get people to be like, I can't believe you ranked that guy, you know, so high or whatever the case may be. They just want people to interact with them, to grow their portfolio. That's not us. I, I refuse to do it. I hope somebody slaps the living hell out of me if I ever start doing it, putting out hot takes that I don't fully believe in. So if Adam and I are in agreement about what we think we should do with a trade or a player value. Do we want to buy? Do we want to sell? Are we going to draft this guy? If, if we're telling you, that means we're actually trying to do it or have done it in the leagues that we play in. Like my money's on the line in these leagues and I'm making the same moves that I'm going to be telling you about. So I'm not going to feed you a line of bull about go get player X because I think his, his ceiling's going up Meanwhile, I'm only doing that just so I can sell that same player if people are listening to me. I think that's horse, horse, horse shit. I'm not yep. going to do it. Yeah, can't do it. Put your money where your mouth is. I mean, that's that's the thing. We we play in several leagues. Um, we have you know quite a few shares of different players. What we tell you is going to be things that we're trying to do or advocating to do in our leagues, and we're going to be trying to do the same things we're telling uh, you to do here on this podcast. So... We're really excited to do it, man. And I think I think if you get to engage with us, um, you'll be pleasantly surprised with the things that we can bring to you and just some of the mindset shift that we can possibly bring. You don't have to go ahead and do everything, but at least at least give it the thought process and then make the decision for yourself. Absolutely. So what we're going to be doing is once a week, we'll be putting out this show. There is no off season in Dynasty. Off seasons when you actually get to do the most work. So this is this is grind time right now. We just Dynasty's started. like Vegas, man. It never sleeps. Championships week week's over. Money's paid out. It's time to get to work. <laughs> time, time to get to, to work, get to man. Work. We're trying to set ourselves up so when September comes, it's almost like autopilot. <laughs> We're good to go. Just start your studs. You'll be fine. <laughs> Let's go. Yep. So, again, thank you for tuning in. That was the, uh, you know, the, the way too long spiel about what we're about intro thanking you for being here now let's actually get into some shit let's get into let's get into some content let's dive into it man what do we want to talk about today i know you and i have had conversations leading up to this about what we wanted to talk about and i'm in full agreement that this 22 quarterback class needs to be discussed because i have seen some wild takes some wild shit going on even in Destination Debbie's Discord, talking to some of the Patreons there. 
you know, that Heisman tier, sometimes that gets frisky. But damn, I think some people are way off base about this quarterback class. I, I'm pretty sure you're in agreement. Talk to, talk to the listeners. Let, let's get them straightened out about this quarterback class. Yeah, so, so right now, um, it seems to be there's a lot of consensus group think. I'm not saying that everybody's in the exact same boat here, but that this quarterback class, um, the, the five main prospects right now that people are talking about are going to be Matt Corral, uh, Ole Miss quarterback, Sam Howell, North Carolina quarterback, uh, Malik Willis, Liberty quarterback, Kenny Pickett, Pitt quarterback, Carson Strong, Nevada quarterback. Now, what you're going to hear from most of these guys is that they are basically quarterback twos. Like, that's their ceiling. That's what they can give you if everything works out. Maybe that's true. But are you really sure you want to make that bet? Like, are you really sure the best thing to do is fade an entire quarterback class? Maybe the class sucks. Maybe, maybe they're all shit QBs. I'm not going to sit here and say, tell you for sure that I can see the future and that all these quarterbacks are going to be really good because I can't do that. But I can give you the process and tell you that it's probably the toughest position to hit on and to evaluate even for the best in the business. So I don't know. How high was everybody on Josh Allen? Now, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and tell you every one of these quarterbacks can be Josh Allen, that they have the tools to do that. But I, I, can, tell, I can tell you for sure I wasn't in on Josh Allen and a lot of these experts weren't in on Josh Allen. I know How's you that? and I had a disagreement on a Patreon show about Mac Howell. Or Mac Mac Jones, jeez! Don't let <laughs> me Jones, don't, yeah. don't let me disrespect the legend Mac Jones. But we had to disagree. I was a lot higher on Mac Jones than you were. That's being that's being real. That's being honest. And I know it was in relation to ceiling of Trey Lance and ceiling of Mac Jones. Now this isn't to discredit Trey Lance and his theoretical ceiling. I mean, we just saw him play very well in the second half last week. First half wasn't that great, but the second half, he saved a lot of people's butts in fantasy. So, Mac Jones was this gross, I don't want him, he's a QB2, not very appealing. But there's a situation with Mac Jones where you can easily see him having this Joe Burrow-like ascent. And, And there's no reason that he can't be. The difference between Mac Jones and Joe Burrow right now is Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon. Let's not discredit him. And he's got a play caller who's opening it up and letting him throw 40 times a game. But Joe Burrow is going to be pushing for first round Superflex startup. And from conversations that we've had after these last two weeks, I mean, there's people who have him as a top five dynasty quarterback already. And I, I can't argue it. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't see it. Yeah, it's very, very damn reasonable that he would be that high. So I see a guy like Mac Jones who was labeled as this, oh, he's a QB2, I don't want him, stay away from him, he doesn't have a high ceiling. And then you see a very similar guy in Joe Burrow who's making that ascent right now, and you're going, this whole like cap ceiling thing I think is a bunch of bullshit. It, It doesn't exist. So... If we're going to talk about all these quarterbacks in this class, oh, they're only QB2s, you're definitely doing yourself a disservice because you may find that Mac Jones. You may find two or three Mac Jones. I mean, we honestly don't know what the ceiling is on some of these guys. Now, I'll say a guy like Carson Strong, who 
really doesn't have any mobility to speak of. Really doesn't have any. Obviously, we can agree his ceiling is going to be lower than uh, a guy who's mobile. That's, that's just the way it is. Like Carson Strong would have to be Tom Brady to, to put up elite fantasy numbers. And that's asking a lot. So if you're going to draft him as like a QB2 type, that's probably fair. But you probably still want those guys on your roster. There's not a lot of quarterbacks who end up the uh, Josh Rosen. Now, for those of you who don't remember, but you should, Josh Rosen pretty much just got one year and then told to hit the road. <laughs> That's the top 10 pick. That doesn't happen often, though. Look how long Mitchell Trubisky leash was. Look at Daniel Jones now. I mean, we can talk about how bad Daniel Jones is, but from all reports, he's going to be the starting quarterback next year in New York, right or wrong. So in Dynasty, you're able to take these quarterbacks at a value, and you have such a long time to make a decision. Like, there was a time where Daniel Jones was going as, like, a third-round startup just two years ago. So if you truly didn't believe in Daniel Jones at the time, you still could have capitalized by taking him late in a rookie draft, letting him play a season, build a little momentum, a little hype, and then when it gets to the third-round startup value – Cash out and your, yep. your money ahead, your yep. money ahead. And, and I think that's something, uh, what you're talking about there at the end is, is the way Mike and I dynasty is very similar in a lot of ways. We'll have our disagreements on certain things, but a lot of our overall process is extremely similar. And the way we dynasty is not like if I draft one of these, one of these players, let's say I take in at, in the back half, let's say it's like one Oh eight. Let's say I take a, Somehow Kenny Pickett's there or Sam Howell's there. Or, you know, I, I end up taking Malik Willis. Whoever it may be. That, that player, he may end up on my team at the end of his rookie contract. But I'm going to tell you it's a very high probability he does not. Because we look to sell players at their peaks or what we believe to be their peaks. And we're looking to buy players on the dip. That's part of the way we dynasty. So... If my quarterback that I'm drafting at 108 gets a really big value spike, I I could tell you maybe now I'm going to trade him. Maybe now I'm going to get off of that and and take the value gain I just got from drafting him at 108 or 109 or wherever you got him. And now he's going much higher for that in the value. So I'm also not necessarily drafting these players for them to die on my roster. The the other thing is the the mobility thing. It's, It's absolutely true. None, none of these guys, maybe Malik Willis, um, but outside of that, they don't have the Konami code, so to speak. They don't, don't offer. Don't crap on my man, Sam Howell. He's a dual threat. <laughs> Sam Howell. Sam Howell has some mobility. I don't want to give. I don't want to slight you. You, I, wanted, I love, you I love, wanted to say <clears throat> sneaky athleticism. I did you? not. You no, did? no. Those no. were the words that were going to come out of you. sneaky athletic. I think that's. <laughs> I think you just hate hearing all that from Twitter because you're Sam Howell. <laughs> truther I, I love sam i love sam how too um but the thing is even if you're saying they don't offer the konami code like two guys in dynasty right now that don't really offer the konami code which i want a lot of shares of that these guys absolutely could become is Tua tongue of Iloa and mac jones to me that's absolutely in the range of outcomes for these guys so if i can get that in dynasty from the quarterback class in 2022, especially if everyone's going to continue to slander it and discount these guys, like I'm going to take shots. I'm definitely going to take shots. 
I wanted to pull up here because we were touting how much how, how much we enjoy JB's analytics. We mm-hmm. really did. So let me pull it up here. The top 10, top 12. All right, so we have the top 12 overall quarterbacks sorted by QBR. All right, let's find the first guy in this class, the 2021 class, Kenny Pickett. An 81.8 QBR. Not too bad. So just by pulling up his analytic profile here, he's got... JB does a phenomenal job of color coding this too. And I know you guys are just listening here, but he's got a couple nice red boxes. And red's good. Blue, blue, not so good. Blue blue is bad. Kenny Pickett's got a couple nice red boxes. And this is ranked amongst all the quarterbacks in college football. So you just watched... C.J. Stroud have a great year. Bryce Young win the Heisman, have a great year. Caleb Williams as a freshman play phenomenal. I mean, hell, even uh, Aiden O'Connell, I was watching that bowl game. He's got the worst mustache I've ever seen in my entire life for Purdue. (laughs) He he had a phenomenal year. Yeah. Stetson Bennett, as much hate as we give to Stetson Bennett, actually played really well from the analytics perspective. So, Kenny Pickett ranks pretty high with a lot of these guys. Not too far behind him is Matt Corral. Matt Corral had a great year outside of injuries. Uh, Let's see. He's got 2021. I want to see just the 21 quarterbacks. 2022? Yeah. All right, there we go. Yep, 2022 quarterbacks. So I don't see my boy on here, and that's sad. Who's that now? I don't see Sam Howell on here. I'm sad. I'm going to go cry. That sounds like there's no red. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have some good analytic numbers here from these quarterbacks. They're not, they're not as bad as people want, want you to believe. The class isn't as bad as people want you to believe. Take a guy like Sam Howell, all right? So let's talk about him since I'm probably his number one fan, number one defender. The biggest Sam Howell truther there probably is. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but I feel like it sometimes. Sam uh, Howell. This is, this is a podcast. You can't see anything, but he's been rocking <laughs> Sam Howell as his logo in, in all these chats on Twitter for, I don't know how long, a year now? Yeah, since, uh, since the NFL draft last year. I used to have a uh, Justin Fields in an Eagles uniform avatar, but <laughs> obviously that went that went away on draft night. <laughs> but since then, it's been Sam Howell. <laughs> so Sam Howell, he, I think he went into this year. I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here when I say that he was probably one of the consensus number one picks for Superflex leagues, like him or Spencer Rattler. And we know yep. what happened with Rattler. It was, if you're talking about quarterbacks, it was Spencer Rattler, it was Sam Howell. I know Ray's been on Matt Corral for quite a while, so I, I don't know exactly where he had those guys ranked preseason. But I think if you were to look around the industry, Sam Howell was one or two, probably in a consensus for QB for this upcoming class. Yep. And, he, and he had a phenomenal year his sophomore year. Really good. But he had Javante Williams who we know is a beast. He's a beast in the NFL. He was a beast in college. Michael Carter, who's been pretty surprising for for some of us. I wasn't a big Michael Carter fan, but he really played well here to end the year. 
He had Diami Brown, who really hasn't done shit in the NFL, but a lot of people were excited about him coming out as a wide receiver prospect. And Daz Newsome, who, for all it's worth, Daz hasn't done a damn thing in the NFL, but he was kind of one of those guys where in like the fourth or fifth round of rookie drafts, it was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll take a shot on Daz Newsome. So he had weapons. He comes into this year. The offensive line is one of the worst college offensive lines I think I've ever seen, period. He's lost those weapons to the NFL. His only weapon is Josh Downs, and that's not taking anything away from Josh Downs because you'll hear Ray talk about it, especially when he dives into prospects. Josh Downs is an amazing wide receiver prospect. So, But that, that was pretty much it. I couldn't name another receiver on North Carolina this year. Not a damn one. It was Josh Downs, and it was the Sam Howe show. And what they asked Sam Howe to do this year is start running the football, something we hadn't seen a lot of up into this year. And one of the surprising things that we had talked about is we kind of believe Matt Corral is a dual threat. We definitely believe Malik Willis is a dual threat. People were touting the ability of Desmond Ritter as a dual threat. And Sam Howell had more rushing yards than all of them. All of them. All of them. Every single one. Sam Howell had multiple games of 100 yards rushing in college at the quarterback position where you are penalized negative rushing yards every time you take a sack. And he was behind one of the worst period offensive period lines, period. So... You can take it what it is. I, Sam Howe's not coming out and running a 4-4. That, that's probably not going to happen. He's not going to run that. It's not probably, Mike. We know you love him. He's, <laughs> he's not running a 4-4. He's going he's gonna to probably have a decent 40, but he's not running a 4-4. If he runs a 4-4, if he runs a 4-4. You remember that, uh, that clip of Ray when Rager's running his 40 at the Combine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he's just mad disappointed. I would have the complete opposite reaction. I'll live stream if Sam Howe runs the 40. And if it's 4-4 or better, oh my gosh. You won't, you won't be able to contain me. You won't be able to contain me. Ignited going crazy. Yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> the point is, Sam Howe came out and produced. He added a rushing element. His situation was horrible. Absolutely horrible. So I, I don't understand why he has fallen off so much in so many people's minds. I get it. The guy makes some bonehead plays quite a bit. And Ray has comped him to a shorter Josh Allen. With that, nobody thinks Josh Allen's a burner, but he has really good mobility. He's a threat with his legs. He's a threat at the goal line. He runs hard. He's got a nice arm. He throws the ball really, really well and really, really efficiently. But Josh Allen's also prone to making some just like, what the hell were you thinking kind of mistakes. And that's a lot. I think it's almost the perfect comp for a guy like Sam Howell because he has a nice arm. He makes some throws where you're just like, there's only a handful of guys who can make that kind of throw. He can run the ball a little bit, but he also makes that play where it's just going, wow, what are you doing? I I know a lot of people comp him to Baker, but Baker's pure ass. (laughs) I don't know what else to say about it at the point. I don't agree with it. So anyways, getting off topic here, I'm getting way too much into Sam Howe, but 
Sam Howell, if you want to just say that's a guy who has just QB2, like that's his ceiling, I, I don't know how you, you say it about a guy who, who produced so many yards, has a big arm, can throw a great ball, and then also you just watched him add a 800 and, I don't know, I think he was close to 850 yards rushing in a college season to his resume and showed that he can be mobile. And he can give you, you know, maybe in the NFL, it's only like 200, 300 yards rushing. But that might come with four, five, six touchdowns. You know, it's kind of like that Ryan Tannehill type mo- mobility where you you don't really think he's a massive threat to run. But then you look up and it seems like every other game, Ryan Tannehill's on a bootleg running straight to the end zone and doing his little jump and layup celebration shit that he does. I don't know what the hell it actually is, but it's Ryan Tannehill, so who the hell knows? AJ Brown says, Air Hill. (laughs) Air Hill. Uh, Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. So that's just one quarterback we're talking about. And that's probably a guy that people are are the, the lowest on. I know a lot of these mock drafts that we've done, usually Matt Corral's the first pick. And Kenny Pickett has massively risen up in these these ADP mocks that we've yeah. done. Yeah, I kind of want to. I kind of want to get into that there too. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, spit spit some hot fire on Kenny Pickett. Let's let's let these people who have tuned in and stayed with me through all of my Sam Howe bullshit. <laughs> let's let them into some other some other prospects we have here and so, why we don't think this class is so bad. Yeah, and, and what I want to kind of get into here is is. Um, at Destination Debbie, we run these mock drafts, and pretty much everybody in there, now, they, they're all going to have some different opinions, and we all kind of, you know, have our own takes and why we're doing this and why we're doing that, but they're all people that are tapped in. They're paying attention. That They have ideas of where guys are supposed to go in mock drafts, and that's going to change quite a bit, what they're going to do with the combine, all that, but in this ADP that we have on these mock drafts we run, which Mike and I have been a part of quite a few of these, Matt Corral is coming off the board at QB1. His ADP is 2.0, but he's still coming off the board as the first pick in the 2022, 2022 class. Keep in mind, this is all super flex. I think it's geared toward tight, tight end premium as well. So <clears throat> Matt Corral has pretty consistently been going off the board anywhere from one to three. Uh, this most recent one, after he got injured, he came off at five. So keep in mind, he got injured in the bowl game, everyone's like all mad at these guys for not participating in the bowl. And the one guy that plays in the bowl has a high ankle sprain. And some people are saying maybe it's worse. Um, and that's a big reason why these guys don't play in the bowl. They don't want to get hurt. They want to secure the bag. They want to do what's best for them in their career. So Matt Corral's coming off the board at one. Now, Sam Howell here, this is where it gets interesting. Sam Howell, like Mike said, he for a long time has been considered in this class in that QB1, QB2 range with Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler falls off the face of the earth. He's transferring. He's he, he's not going to be in the NFL this year. And I, who knows if he even is going to be. But Sam Howe, when our first mock went down, was uh, October 15th. Sam Howe came off the board at pick two. October, uh, I'm sorry, November 10th. Then he was pick one. Then in 11-20, uh, he was pick three. Since then, there has been this Stink on his name. Everyone's tripping. He's, he's, they're freaking out. Now he's coming off the board anywhere from pick 10, 19, 7, 10, 11. So, like, th- this is the thing about Sam Howell. <clears throat> if he's coming off the board at 7, 
to 11, like, there's just no way I'm not smashing the button on Sam Howell. Like, how, how can you not? Like, you have to take the chance on Sam Howell at that point. The, 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 at that point, the value of Superflex quarterback, a guy that can run, maybe he's not the most mobile in the whole NFL, but he has the ability to run. He can give you points with his legs, which we, we know we want that in fantasy. So if you're getting him around pick 10, even at pick 7, that, that's you have to take the shot on him. And Kenny Pickett's been the opposite of Sam Howell now. Quarterback out of Pittsburgh. I, I really like this kid. And I think there's a good case to be made that he's going to be the quarterback one taken in the NFL draft. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. That, that's where I'm at. Is that where you're at too, Mike? Yeah, I think there's a very strong possibility he's the first quarterback off the board. I think at this point, it's almost likely, to be honest. Yeah, if I'm like, betting, it, I don't know what the odds are, but if I'm betting, which, I mean, sometimes I like to do, sometimes I don't, but for, for, for betting quarterbacks, like, I, put I, my think money he, on him. I would put my money on him, too. I don't know what the odds are, if it's worth it, but. I'm not saying he's going to be the first overall pick or anything, but he's no. definitely a guy where I, like, if Kenny Pickett went top five, I would not be shocked. I think he's probably more of that, like, top seven, top eight range Yeah, is where the first quarterback will probably end up going. I don't think there's a chance in hell that he goes first or second. But, man, I, I think back to the Baker Mayfield draft, and not to crap on him, but there no, wasn't I, nobody. I was going to get to this. That's a great point. It, what you're about to make is a good point. Go. Nobody knew Baker Mayfield was going first overall. And, Absolutely and, nobody. I mean, maybe the night before was like the first time I'd even heard rumblings about it. it. Yeah, in Cleveland, So because it was Cleveland, um, I remember I heard – a lot of stuff happened that that day prior, and because of what you're you're paying attention to, Mosh, like no, no, no. But you know, Dorsey, you know, was Buddy Boy was in love with him, so that that stuff started started airing 24, 48 hours before, and then like the day of the draft, all you heard is they're going to take Baker, and you're like, are you being serious? There's no way they're taking this guy. Sure enough, he goes one. I mean, in, in the same reg- regard, like that same type of shit happened with Kyler Murray. Like, remember Kyler Murray, like was. Yeah, they're saying, they're, they're saying he's not going to be that high of a pick. Like, should he play baseball? And they say, you know, he's like, it's Kingsbury or whatever, but he's the number one overall pick. Not, it's, it was like a while. It wasn't even a thought. Then. Listen, so, it, last year, last year was the same thing. Now, it didn't actually come to fruition like how we thought. I mean, pretty much everyone for the longest time knew Trevor Lawrence was going first overall. Like, that wasn't a question. Yeah. But yeah. the 49ers, when they traded up to three, and the world just lit on fire because there was reports that they were trading up to three for Mac Jones. Right. And that was like they, an unheard of, like, why? Who's doing yeah. this? I can't and believe if you, it. If you remember, because, uh, you know, they went to Mac Jones' pro day and they didn't go to Fields, but then they go to, they went, or not Fields, uh, Lance's, they went to the Lance's later. So, yeah, there, there was a whole bunch of craziness going on there. And th- this is the one thing that I, I always keep in mind. I think you guys should too, is the quarterback thirst in the NFL is very similar, if not worse, than Superflex. Everybody, there, there's so many teams that want them and need them, and they want a face of their franchise. That they're, they're just searching for answers at quarterback position. So, like from now January up until like right when the draft ha- happens, like that thirst gets real, more real, and more real. And a lot of times they get pushed up the board in these um, these mocks. So I, I think that you got to. I'm not going to sit here and tell you someone's coming off the board at one or two and quarterbacks. Probably not. There's some really good defensive players in this class, but I think there's a very good case to be made for at least four of them going, if not five in the first round. And I think Pickett's coming off the board in the top 10. 
to tie it back into Dynasty, we do this crap every single year with these quarterbacks. You remember two years ago, I mean, there was times I was getting Justin Herbert at the 111, 112. I mean, I seen a draft where he went 201 one time. Yeah. And that was a guy who was the sixth overall pick. Yep. Like, how can you let that happen? I understand that class was phenomenal, but you, you can't let a quarterback like that fall. Same no. draft class. Tua didn't slip as fall as far because there was more hype around Tua, a lot more going into it, even even after the hip injury. But I mean, we looked at it last year. I mean, people were fleeing the Tua ship like rats. Just, oh, I gotta get off of this guy. He's horrible. And then at the beginning of this year, it was kind of the same thing. And then Tua comes out and plays extremely well. We won't count the uh, championship game that we just because <laughs> I think he ended up with negative points in most leagues. But <laughs> yeah, he had a bad week. He had a bad yeah. week. But before that, he was one of the highest graded passers. I think he was the most accurate passer in the NFL at that point. So we, we've seen that some guys like Tua take time. Some guys like Justin Herbert slip and fall to the end for no reason. We just did it last year with Zach Wilson falling. And Mac Jones, I mean, these pre-NFL rookie drafts that I did last year, I was getting Mac Jones at the 201, 202, 203 all day. And that's all I had to spend on Mac Jones. I spent an early second rookie pick. And now if I want to go trade Mac Jones, do you think that's all I'm going to get back? Hell no. Even if I don't like Mac Jones, which full transparency, I love Mac Jones. I've been on Mac Jones since Ray put me on to Mac Jones way back when. I want to say it was January, maybe December of 2020 that Ray had started as Mac Jones or that I first noticed like, hey, you guys need to start paying attention to Mac Jones. He is playing phenomenal. So I've been on Mac Jones for a while, but there is no way in hell that that would all somebody would offer me. Like, like you'd be insane. You'd be insane to trade Mac Jones for that. So you could probably get, what, two firsts easy for Mac Jones right now? Two firsts, maybe a second? I don't know what his exact value is. I mean, it depends on the manager and stuff. I think two firsts is a, is a, is a realistic spot. Yeah. Like, I think you can get two firsts for Mac. And I mean, and the thing is, too, you know, getting back to like the Superflex uh, ADP here is then you got like uh, Malik Willis. Now, mm-hmm. He's one for me, and I want to hear where you're at on this too. Depending on what your league format is, if you're listening to this, I'm I'm really hoping you're playing Dynasty. If you're not, we we would love for you to get into some leagues and try it out. But if you're playing, where you do your rookie drafts a big piece. Yeah. So if you're doing your rookie draft before the NFL mock draft, before landing spots, like that that is where Malik Willis becomes a little more interesting for me. If you're gonna where you're gonna take him, but. Malik Willis in these, in these ADPs, he's been going, he started off going uh, three, six, and six from October to November. Then these ones that we've kicked into more recently, he's going anywhere more from like 11 to 15. And then these last couple, he, after, you know, playing well in the bowl, he's, he's back at six and eight. So um, he, he's polarizing. If he gets first round draft capital, if you're drafting after the NFL draft, if he gets first round draft capital, like I want Malik Willis. I just, yes. I just do. You have to, you have to take chances on him because if he gets first round draft capital, he's gonna matter. If he gets second round draft capital, I'm probably gonna be out on Malik Willis based on where he's gonna end up going. Um, and then if it's pre, if you're doing your 
your rookie draft, pre-NFL draft, before landing spots, I'll probably take a few shots on him, but understand that where you're taking him, like you're either going to get a lot of value if he goes in the first round or probably lose some if he doesn't go in the first round. So it's risky. It's, it's also, too, a case where you talk about what type of draft, pre-NFL or post-NFL rookie draft you have. So I don't want to put like hard caps or anything on, on what I'm going to do, but unless it's a situation like Jordan Love where he's getting drafted at the back end of the first and he's getting drafted next to a, you know, to back up a, a Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's a situation where you're like, ah, I don't think I really want too much exposure to this guy. That and his prospect profile wasn't that great. Like, it wasn't that exciting. So, sure. any one of these other quarterbacks, that's something else I think we need to talk about, too, is the benefit of this being a deep defensive draft. And when I talk about Kenny Pickett, maybe could be a top five guy. I don't, I don't see it happening. Like, there's an outside shot, just being real, that could be like the Baker Mayfield rise, the, the Kyler Murray, what we talked about. But... If he goes like five or six in the NFL draft. Going to a bad team. He's probably going to a bad team. Yeah. Sam Howell, if some of these rumors are true that the NFL is down on him or not as excited, he could slip, whatever. There's a good possibility Sam Howell ends up in a fantastic situation. Like Sam Howell ends up in Pittsburgh. Sure. Or, or, uh, Washington would be a good situation. I know it's gross. Denver. It's gross to say Denver, right. and that's not just Sam Howell. That's this goes for all these other quarterbacks. You don't. You get the benefit of knowing landing spots, and that'll help you evaluate them a little better. If you're doing these drafts before the NFL draft, you more just kind of got to go with this range of outcomes that you think could happen, and your risk risk level that you're comfortable with. So a guy like Malik Willis is going to be a hard one for me. Yeah. I don't I don't know like right now I I couldn't comfortably pull the trigger on drafting Malik Willis top 8 in no. a rookie draft. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm talking more cuz you know with those with those ADPs if yes. I saw a lot of 11s in there. Like if yes. he gets to that part, if he gets to probably I'm, what do you think I'm 10 and 10 shot. and later, 10 and later you're taking a shot? I, I am. That's where I'm oh, at probably. Oh, for, for sure. For sure. Every time. On a guy like Malik Willis and then you get to like the next tier down from Malik Willis is a guy like Carson Strong, who I think is going to be drafted in the first round. Time will tell. He, he, I'm really waiting on the, the combine, like the medical checks, because that knee is a big concern for a lot of people. Sure. And that'll, that'll kind of tell us. We'll get some leaks and some information about how his knee is and how NFL teams feel about it. But if he checks out solid... He's a guy then at like 112, 201, 202. That's a guy I would smash all day. Like, I'm willing to take that risk on Carson Strong. Yeah. Uh, De- Desmond Ritter, I don't think I want any part of. I I'm, really I'm, don't. I'm not. I'm not probably going to draft him. Like, it's just unlikely I'm drafting him. Yeah. In, 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 any, in any regard, honestly. It's just my opinion. Now, once again, that could be wrong, but I don't think I'm going to have much of him. He seems like a guy, if I'm doing a pre-NFL draft, and I, I don't know landing spot, I don't know draft capital, like maybe mid to back end of the second round, like I'm, I'm kind of like, eh, screw it, I'll take a shot. You know what I mean? What if an NFL team does love him, you know, and takes him at pick 22 or something like that? Like that's a guy, oh, man, I just hit the lottery then. 
Yeah, and, and that's definitely what I talk about with like a quarterback too that I'm not in love with. But if I, if I spent a pre-NFL draft, you know, 207 on Desmond Ritter and he gets drafted a month later in the NFL draft in round one and the hype starts to build, that's a guy where I'm like, yep, here you go. Let me let me let me trade this away. Let me get a 23 first and second. We'll call it a day. Yeah, absolutely. I think if, if you're getting because when you look at Ritter, See, this is the problem with Ritter for me um, is it, it's all about cost. At the end of the day, for all players in Dynasty, for Mike and I, and we believe for everybody, should be about cost, where you're getting them, what it's going to acquire to get them, what you can get out from them, um, or, or do you ride them out for a long time. And with Ritter, his ADP is just crazy. Like, when you start looking at it, okay, in October, he's going 11. Then he's 17, 21, 24, 22. Then he's more in the teens, and then recently after probably, you know, the Bama stuff, he's not playing well for Alabama, he's at 22 and 24 again. Now, if you're telling me I can take a shot on Ritter pre-NFL draft at 20-ish to 24, because especially with this 2022 class not being what we believe to be that deep, I, I'd probably take a shot there. But I don't, I don't know how realistic it is that he's going to go that late just because he's a quarterback, so... Like I'll I'll take the shot there blindly in the back end of the second round, but other than that, I'm probably not going to have much shares of him. It's it's going to be very interesting. It's definitely a weird draft too, where I I I can fully see, and I think I'll probably end up doing quite a bit pre NFL draft where I don't know landing spots. Is yeah. taking taking these running backs before any of these quarterbacks? Yeah, especially in twelve team leagues, I think that's. For us, probably going to be the move, unless, unless you know you're you're in a position where you're going to try to play like, you know, try to corner the market quarterback horde, so to speak. Like, I just don't think it's smart. In four in fourteen team leagues, I'm more willing to take those quarterbacks pretty early. But based on what we know, um, and if you know, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker get day two draft capital, so if they're going in the top three rounds. Those are the guys I'm probably going to be pulling the trigger on mostly in the early part of the draft. They're, they're the one position in this draft outside of Traylon Burks, like becoming everything that we think he can be, mm-hmm. like hitting all that. They're, they're the other position where it's just, you know, if, if they get, you know, day two, like, and I'm, I'm specifically for me, like second round draft capital. If yeah. those three guys get second round draft capital, regardless of situation, regardless of all that other shit, if they get second round draft capital, they're the the few positions, the few players in this class where I can go and, and take and know that I'm gonna maintain the same amount of value as I would like a quarterback, a quarterback yeah. in this class. Yeah. Like yeah. if if Sam Howell ends up going to Pittsburgh, but you know, Isaiah Spiller goes at the top of the second round to wherever, pick a bad spot. I don't care. Their values are going to be very similar in super flex drafts, period. Startups, yeah. And, yep. and the edge is actually probably going to the running back. More than likely. Should, yes. Until Sam House starts and plays and you get to see some NFL like throws and the hype builds on him. But the running back would be pretty safe. Traylon Burks is like the other guy where he's such a freak that I think his value is pretty insulated. Yeah, I think 
I think you're right with him. And I think the thing about him is like when you look at the landscape of the wide receiver position, like there's there's a lot of these NFL receivers that are uh, Jamar Chase, you know, Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb types um, where they're awesome receivers, but they're not like those guys aren't extremely physically imposing like a DK Metcalf, so to speak. Like when you if you have not if you're listening to this and you're, we're talking here about Traylon Burks, uh, it's a wide receiver out of Arkansas. This guy is is physically imposing, man. He yes. is somebody that is like you just see him and you're like, oh, I, I want that guy. That that's the guy I want. Big, strong, fast, athletic, can catch the ball. Like he he's somebody that is the way he's built. It's like he he's almost built in the lab. Like like almost like a creative player on Madden. He is a freak. <laughs> a freak. Yes, he is, man. I'm I'm fully ready to watch him break the combine and and make people's heads explode. I think that'd he, be that'd be great. He's Run gonna have to do something crazy. Yeah, he, he's gonna have. Um, if you're not familiar, uh, we talk about you know all, all the different tools we use, like Matt Kelly uh, player profile. Or you talk about size adjusted speed score, right? I think his is gonna be something that's just. Like he's gonna he's gonna run a fast forty, and with that six three two twenty five, he he's gonna be somebody that has a lot of people really excited early. I'm ready to watch those just be ninety nines across the board. <laughs> yep, yes, sir, ninety nine percentile. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for our first episode. If you stuck with us this long, we appreciate it. We're gonna be doing this every week. Uh, this is definitely a topic I want to come back to soon, yeah, because. I, I don't think doing like a partial show on it does it enough justice. Right. I mean, there, there's so many interest, intricacies into why I think people are too down on this QB class and saying things like, I don't want any of the quarterbacks. I'm not yeah. going to take a single one of them. Give me all I, the receivers. Like, that's asinine to me. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into it more. Um, obviously, you know, right now, everyone just finished their, their fantasy championships. It's the NFL season's getting ready to go to the playoffs. So, the offseason starts. Uh, Dynasty never sleeps. So we're going to be talking about the 2022 class a lot. We're going to be talking about Dynasty strategies and things we think you should be doing in your leagues. Dynasty timing, all that. So uh, we appreciate you joining with us, man. And we're, we're excited to come back next time. Absolutely. Yep. Like I said, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, out in your leagues, play in Dynasty. Don't just play chess. Play 4D chess. 4D. Oh,